Tesla delivers. What will the Fed do in 2022? Construction spend rises in the United States. We go over the biggest analyst calls and who's buying the dip in Bitcoin. This is the Running With The Money Briefing. Let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of the Running With The Money Briefing powered by Pounding The Table. Either way, we are back in the markets, our absolutely well kind of choppy today. We did open up this morning, but it has been pretty choppy throughout uh, the rest of the day. So we have the Dow Jones up 69 points as we speak, NASDAQ up 115, and the S&P 500 up 10. Not all too bad. When you go sector by sector, what's performing the best? Well, guess what? You see energy, consumer statistical, financials, technology, and communication services all all moving to the upside with energy leading the way up 2.4%. Meanwhile, you see healthcare, real estate, utilities, industrials, basic materials, consumer defensive, all of those sectors moving to the downside today. So it's kind of a mixed bag, kind of a 50-50 day in the markets. Now, shifting into the biggest headlines of the day, of course, we have to get into them. One coming out that actually did not come out today, but last night or yesterday evening, these Tesla deliveries. We have to talk about these Tesla deliveries and what's all going on with them? So, Tesla on Sunday, they said they delivered 308,600 electric vehicles in the fourth quarter of 2021. Can you believe it? Tesla continues to defy the odds that also beat their previous single quarter record and the analyst expectations. Now, when it comes to production, they also beat expectations. They produced 305,840 electric vehicles throughout the fourth quarter. So definitely not a bad quarter for Tesla. You take a look at what was expected and Wall Street analysts were expecting 267,000 deliveries in Q4. Now, if you put all this data together for the full year of 2021, Tesla delivered a whopping 936,172 vehicles, and that's an 87% increase when compared to 2020. And we do have to remind everyone that that is when Tesla reported their first annual profit on deliveries, and that delivery number was 499,647. So Tesla is absolutely killing the game when it comes to delivery and production. You really dig into these numbers in the Model 3 and Model Y deliveries. Those amounted to 296,850 in Q4 and 911,208 um, when it comes to the full year. Meanwhile, the Model S sedan and Model X that only accounted for 3% of Tesla's total deliveries throughout the year of 2021. So that's definitely something to pay attention to, but an absolutely, I would say, phenomenal um, beat when it comes to deliveries and production for Tesla in the fourth quarter. And you actually see Tesla stock moving to the upside today pretty darn significantly. It did open up. Um, it gapped up significantly, and now we see it up 114 points here, 10.79%. As we speak, some solid performance coming to Tesla on these delivery numbers that we got, delivery and production numbers that we got yesterday. Now, shifting into what in the world is going on with the bond market, treasury yields, of course, and the expectations for the Federal Reserve in 2022. So, 
today. It's the first year or the first trading day, I should say, of 2022. And what do we see? Well, we have some economic optimism and some expectations that we are going to see at least three Federal Reserve rate hikes this year. This morning, you saw that five-year note rise just about 10 basis points to 1.36%. You saw that two-year yield topping 0.8%, the highest level we've seen since March of 2020. In that 10-year, or should I say the U.S. 10-year, rising over 1.6% to 1.626% as we speak. And that is also up um, just over or just around 10 basis points. And that is the highest level we have seen um, since we first saw that Omicron variant. So it's definitely awesome to note here when it comes to yields and the bond market and what is all going on. Um, basically, we are seeing a bond market predicting that the Fed is indeed going to raise rates. So that is something to pay attention to. Now, this week could be tumultuous when it comes to um, um, macro events, macro outlooks for the year, because guess what? We have the December employment report that will be releasing this week. And we also have the release of Fed minutes from the latest meeting. So this is all something to pay attention to when it comes to a macro look at the markets and the United States economy, but shifting into construction spend. I want to touch on some economic data or some broader data when it comes to the economy. And today we got some data out of the Commerce Department saying that construction spend rose 0.4%. And that was similar to the advance we saw in October. So in the month of November, we saw construction spending increased 9.3% year over year in November. And for the month, we saw a 0.4% increase in construction spending. Definitely something to take note of there. Now, you really break this data down, and we saw spending on private construction projects. That rose 0.6% in November. We saw outlays on residential construction surging 0.9%. Single-family home building spending, that shot up 1.2% per Bloomberg. And we also saw outlays on multifamily Housing, and this was one negative point out of this report, dipping 0.3%. Now, overall, what was the expectation for November when it came to overall construction spending? Well, the expectation out of analysts and economists was actually 0.6%, and it came in at 0.4%. So a little light, but we are still seeing these increases. So kind of just a uh, neutral report, at least in my view, somewhat of a neutral report. Either way, we see home building, it remained constrained, it remains um basically having to deal with these shortages of materials and therefore um, that is boosting prices of homes and of course those building materials and how much it costs to build a home. And also we saw residential investment actually contract for the second straight order um, in the third quarter. So definitely all something to pay attention to. This construction spend read slightly positive, but missing the expectations and definitely something to note there with residential investment contracting uh, for the second straight quarter and seeing a decline in multifamily outlay housing projects. So that's all something to note there. And that decline was 0.3%. So this is all information to note, but overall it was a pretty neutral report. Not bad, not amazing, but still overall seeing some increase in construction spend, especially on a year over year basis, 9.3%. All something to note when it comes to macro. Now shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, I want to talk about this 
BMO upgrade of PayPal to outperform from market perform. BMO went on to say, quote, following 2021's D rating from 51 times to 28 times rolling two year forward PE, we upgrade PayPal on valuation relative to our estimate of 21% or greater than 21% annual organic revenue growth potential. The historical industry wide function implies 34 times fair value. BMO essentially saying here, look, PayPal sell off has gone too far. It is now undervalued compared to peers and we are upgrading it to outperform. We like it. You should buy it. We also have Piper Sandler naming Qualcomm, one of my personal favorites, a top pick for 2022. Going on to say, quote, for connectivity, we like Qualcomm due to its participation in the 5G penetration in Android in its position across areas like automotive and internet of things. And then rolling right into the next call, we had Bank of America upgrading C-Limited to buy from neutral. Bank of America going on to say, quote, from its peak, C is down 40% and at current levels is trading at 2023 price to sales of 5.9 times. In our view, the sharp decline in stock price largely factors in the impact of near-term gaming slowdowns and concerns on rising losses in e-com due to expansion in Europe and India. So, Bank of America liking C-Limited here, basically saying the sell-off has gone too far and it is time to buy, basically citing how far it is off those highs. So definitely an interesting call out of Bank of America on C-Limited, one to pay attention to. And then we had Goldman Sachs naming Microsoft a top 2022 pick, going on to say, quote, as we highlighted in our initiation, we preferred reasonably priced high-quality growth software franchises such as Microsoft, CRM, Adobe, ServiceNow, and Workday. Um, so Goldman Sachs liking Microsoft for 2022, liking that mix up of Microsoft, Salesforce, Adobe, ServiceNow, and so on. And now shifting right out of that call on Goldman Sachs, I want to talk about this call on out of Barclays, upgrading Wells Fargo to overweight from equal weight. And this definitely moved Wells Fargo to the upside. If you type in on whatever device you're listening on, WFC, that's the ticker for Wells Fargo, you see it's up 5.74% today. Um, pretty impressive there. Barclay is going on to say, quote, while we are favorably disposed of our coverage in general, particularly against an expected backdrop of improving net interest margin off historic lows, we are making some rating changes. Looking at money centers, we are making BAC our top pick and upgrading Wells Fargo from equal weight to overweight. So Barclays liking the financials, liking um, the macro improvements that are going to be favorable to the banks in liking Wells Fargo long here. Once again, upgrading it to overweight from equal weight. Oppenheimer also today reiterated Coinbase as outperformed. Going on to say, quote, with the stock trading at a discount to other high-growth fintech stocks, we recommend investors to take advantage of this dislocation. Oppenheimer believing that Coinbase is too cheap at its current price point. And then we had Dunningham naming Nike as a top 2022 pick. They go on to say, quote, Nike remains our best idea heading into 2022. Overall, our Nike investment thesis remains firmly intact. Nike is the leader in the athletic and broader active wear space industry with favorable secular tailwinds. Gunningham liking Nike as a top pick 
for 2022. And then we have two more calls left to get through here. We have Goldman Sachs naming Marvell, Advanced Micro Devices, and Micron Top Picks for the year. Going on to say, quote, we continue to stress the importance of idiosyncratic drivers and recommend a barbell approach with secular growth, even at a high multiple. Examples, AMD, Marvell, T-E-R-P-I, on the one hand, and cyclical growth at a low, reasonable multiple, Micron, A-D-I-O-N, Quarvo, on the other. So definitely something to... Uh, Take note of here, Goldman Sachs believing the barbell approach in this semiconductor space is the way to go. Have those high multiple names and those lower multiple names within a barbell strategy. Basically, it's a 50-50 split. You have them equally weighted on each side, and hopefully you benefit from both sides outperforming to the upside. Or if one side underperforms, hopefully the other side outperforms. An interesting call by Goldman Sachs liking Marbell advanced micro devices in Micron in 2022 and then finally we have loop naming best buy and rh top 2022 picks going on to say quote given our optimistic but cautious 2022 outlook we prefer companies that we believe are well positioned to benefit from macroeconomic tailwinds have specific near-term catalysts and are trading at what we consider to be reasonable valuations. Thus, our top picks for 2022 are best buy prog holdings and rh that was the analyst calls of the day. Can you believe it? An interesting call out of loop there. Best buy and RH top 2022 picks. And then to round out the show, I want to talk about MicroStrategy buying the dip in Bitcoin. I want you all to know there's still some big time dip buyers out there when it comes to Bitcoin. And we have MicroStrategy adding to its Bitcoin collection. I say you call it because guess what? After this purchase, they now have 124,000 Bitcoins. Can you believe that? And they acquired those at a total or aggregate price of around $3.75 billion. So it's safe to say MicroStrategy is a Bitcoin believer. But either way, between December 9th and December 29th, they picked up or bought 1,914 more Bitcoins. So definitely MicroStrategy buying the dip when it comes to Bitcoin. Something to take note of. More big money picking the stuff up. But thank you for listening to another episode of the Running With The Money Briefing powered by Pound on the Table. And by the way, go get my fellow team members, my boys over at Pun on the Table. Listen, constantly kicking out the best content in the financial game. You can listen to them anywhere you listen to podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, literally anywhere you listen to podcasts. And please, please, please go give me and my team a listen at Running With The Money on Instagram and Facebook or at Luke Donay on Twitter. Eat, sleep, profit, trade on, and I will see you tomorrow. <laughs>